I used to play, um, and it was after I got married and had kids, uh, because uh, my ex, uh, he, they were all into football, and I wanted to understand the game better because it's this football house. So I decided to join um, first a co-ed league, and then I did a women's league, and I loved it. It was really fun. Oh it, was, it was tag. It was tag. It was it wasn't tackle. <laughs> but you guys tackle anyways. Sometimes by accident, I think you know you bump into the person, but it wasn't. It, it yeah. wasn't meant to be intentional. So. <laughs> How did you do? <clears throat> a couple of years, but then I um I sprained my ankle in the last tournament, and I just didn't get back at it. And then again, once you stop and then life gets so busy, you forget to give yourself that time again and go back. Um, yeah. But I've done other sports. I've done like dragon boat racing, and I've done, I love sports. I love team sports. So, yeah. but it's been a while. Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah. Oh my goodness. So you're big into sports. I am big into sports. I haven't done it in a couple of years. Um, I, I, oh God, it's so bad to say like since the business started, but I've done other things. I just shifted what I'm doing. That's all. Yeah. I just got myself a personal trainer because otherwise I would just sit my butt in the chair all day. Yeah. That accountability, right? It's yeah. The same thing with, yeah. And same thing with sports. Like because, I like sports because of the fact if, um, I have a team that's, we depend on each other. So I think I just don't want to disappoint the group. So it drives me to make sure I practice or I come out and I, you know, I need that. Yeah. The accountability is huge. I'm trying my hardest to start doing um, workouts online. So like you can join with my personal trainer. She does trainings online. Uh, So you just like do your workout from home. But like, I have a really hard time with that because like my computer's right here. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's it's a lot of distractions. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, why? Um, as you, you, everyone knows that I came from corporate. So you get out, you get ready, you go to the office, and you still have the option of working from home. But you know, since everything shifted in the aluminum business, the first thing I did when I I started my business was I got an office. So I had I blended it because the fact it's not only it's not only the professionalism of it, but I like to be around people still. And I find, I like, especially in the co-working space, um, there's other businesses, so you feed off of those energies. So it's nice because it can be very lonely as an entrepreneur, right? So absolutely nice. agreed. So tell us a little bit about that transition then that you need from corporate to, um, to that business. Yeah. Um, so I've always been a nine to fiver. Like I've always believed in that the money was always amazing. So it was never any intention to leave. Uh, even though like uh, family members and friends would say, you should open your own, you know, your own. I'm like, are you crazy? Like <laughs> never do that. Plus the um, types of businesses I was working for, they're huge. Like Yahoo's. I'm not going to, you know, when I'm thinking open up a, well, a Yahoo, are you crazy? Um, but I uh, I never thought, but I came from a family of entrepreneurs. And because I grew up around it, it didn't seem that attractive. Right? It didn't. Oh. Um, yeah. Like. It's the opposite. I'm like, I didn't grow up with entrepreneurs, so therefore it was so hard for me. Oh, yeah. No, I, because the thing is, I've, the world could see the, the, the greatness of, of an entrepreneur, but family members see the lowest sometimes of entrepreneurs, right? Like the stress, like the long nights or the, oh, you know, sure. the, yeah, exactly. So I, the funny, oh, that's a funny story. And I, you know, I, I didn't, I never appreciated this until I was an entrepreneur myself, but my grandmother, so my family is from Trinidad, but descended from India. So my, my grandmother, when she came to Canada, um, in Trinidad, she was a seamstress. When she came to Canada, she started a manufacturing company and she was making lingerie for Eaton's. Okay. So it was humongous. It was humongous. But when I was a kid, I don't know what else, like, what the heck? Some man in this company here. My family members would be sewing machines and material, and I never batted my eye. I'm just thinking, oh, God, that's so annoying, this, this material here, whatever. And then until now, to realize how hard it was for an immigrant uh, woman to come and do something like that. I appreciate it now. She's passed many years ago, so I, I couldn't even, like, it's sad that I can't come back and say, oh, my gosh, Grandma, that was hard. Like, you know, yeah, hard work. It, it was hard, and... You know, when we see our grandparents, we see a shell of who they were, right? So the, like, who she was is now I can appreciate a lot more. So as I said, it, it never looked like something fun and exciting and, you know, something I would choose. But um, so 
uh, when I was younger, I, I married my high school sweetheart at the time. I had kids. And then after 19 years, I ended up getting divorced. Um, so when that happened, it was through layoffs and so forth. And the last company that I worked for, it was a uh, in the real estate market industry. It was a, a big site that dealt with brand new homes. And I saw this, the owner, and he was making like 15 million a year. And he was an idiot. I mean, I mean, just such an idiot. And I thought to myself, I'm like, if this guy can do this, like, honestly, I don't know why anybody can't do this. So after I got laid off from that company, and then I said, I'm actually this time around, because my industry, the industry I came from, there's a lot of layoffs, and there's a lot of shifts. It's very unstable. Mm-hmm. So when that layoff happened, I gave myself the months of EI, and I said, I will try to do it on my own, and I'll give myself, like, I don't know how many months it was, six months, if I can do it. And if I can, can make income to sustain what I was making before, I'll stick to it. I'll do it and continue. So it was like, I think by the fourth month after I opened, or the third month, I got my first account. It was a big account. It was a big uh, brand. Uh, brand. It, was a, it, was a, it wasn't a tiny account. It was enough to yeah. sustain myself. And then it started to flow in. And I was like, I, since I'd never turned back. So it was, it was amazing. I didn't, as I said, again, I didn't expect, um, it's been like four years now. Right. And I didn't expect it to be, um, to go the way it has gone, but obviously it's a lot of support. Like you get support from friends and family. It's not just me, right. That's the importance of having a group of supportive people. And maybe it might not be from home. It could be a group like that you have. Right. So, but, but it is very important for success. Um, human beings were, uh, you know, we are tribal type of, you know, um, society. So isolating ourselves is not our natural environment. And that's when we start to have issues like mental health issues and, and you know, anxiety and stress and depression. So mm-hmm. um, thankfully, I had a good support system. That's amazing. Yes. So, so it's been four years since you launched your business? Yes. Oh, my goodness. Time flies, doesn't it? I, I, I can't even... It's just so crazy because um, I tell a lot of entrepreneurs, businesses I work with, I go, I get it in the beginning. Um, you need to do a lot of on your own. You have to do all the stuff on your business, but never make that a goal. Never say, oh, I want to learn how to do this so I can run accounting forever or I can run marketing forever because I'm a marketer. I'm not an accountant. I don't want to do my own accounts. I don't. I, I would take hours. So, you know, in the beginning, I did every single aspect of my business. And I hated it. I didn't like it. I didn't like to do like, I, I can do it, but like web development, I hate it. It's not my forte. I don't like it. It's not, it's, oh, um, but I have a, develop, a developer now, right? I have a graphic designer and I have, so my goal like since then has just been growing. But again, the beginning was a lot of me hands-on and now I'm looking back like, wow. Okay. And I had an employee office summer and I had to do some work and I was like telling my fiance, I'm like, oh my God, I now I remember why I, 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 source this out like I I you know delegate this off because I don't like doing it anymore so yeah. yeah it goes by quickly yeah oh my goodness so I would like to ask you more specifically about your sales background because I love um a powerful woman who d- is comfortable with sales because oh, yeah. I, you know like society as a whole like uh, I think we are very more so women I think we're really afraid of sales right? Like we're afraid to sell. So like, can you share like a few of your own tips from your own experience working for these big companies, like how, how we can be less afraid of selling? So women, we're like made and taught a certain way to behave and act. The blueprint that's been inbreded in us. Then you have these renegade, like, you know, these rebels, like my, I'm a rebel, honestly, I never followed status quo. Um, the challenge is it doesn't make sense, right? But growing up, we're we're taught to be modest and these words humble, you know, these things are thrown to us. Don't be cocky. Don't be, um, you know, uh, mind your britches, you know, <laughs> these crazy things that we're taught. So um, I remember when I first got exposed to sales, it was crazy. I was like 16 years old and my friend, you know, in high school, um, it was telemarketing. It was a job after school, telemarketing. And I did so well. But it wasn't, but my approach has always been that uh, I'm a, I'm a talker and I'm a people person. I love to get to know people. It's just what I enjoy in life. So when I was on the phone talking to people, I didn't treat them like a dollar bill. 
I treated them like a human being. So I wasn't, I wasn't focused on closing them. I was focused on getting to know them. That's really what my focus was. And as I was getting to know them and they could felt that I was very authentic about it, they started to trust me. And as they started to trust me, when I come to that point where I was saying, you know, I'll be honest, even when um, I was doing sales, if after I was talking to a person, getting to know them, if I found that what I was selling wasn't a fit, I didn't go any further. I actually would tell them, you know what, after talking to you, I don't think this is a fit. So yeah. I, I I actually put their needs first. So, I, and I was doing really well. And then I got, got a job at Bell as well. And, and it was in sales there as well. And I was just doing crazy. I was doing really well. In those days, the approach was very um, car salesman. It was very like that approach. Mm-hmm. I think the benefits that women have is we are, we are by nature nurturers. And we are natural salespeople, which a lot of women don't understand. We are selling each and every day. We're selling to our children. We're selling to our husbands. We're selling. We're selling to our parents. Um, so we negotiation is in us. Negotiating to, to convince a two year old to eat their food is 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 a, we're selling it right. So that's the first thing. I love that analogy. I'm so good with my kids. I get them to do what I want them to do by like wording in a certain way. <laughs> So you're, you're, you are selling. We all sell anything like that we want to obtain in this world. It is an approach of negotiation. So the thing is, this label is, I think what it does is it intimidates a lot of women and they stay on. Because the thing is, sales is very icky to a lot of people. And a lot of women do not want to be associated to this icky car salesman type of, uh, you know, label. When, but the thing is, the beauty about sales is you don't have to be like that. And I never have. And I think a lot of the issues that I, I faced in corporate was the fact that I never put the company above the people that I was dealing with. So, yeah, yeah you know, the company made that as great as, but I actually, my personal brand is our business brand and we have a personal brand. When you're working for a company, it's our personal brand because we take that everywhere we go, every place that we go to. So I cared more about my personal brand with my clients so I treated them with respect. I, if I know something's good for them, I approach them that way. Um, I went to a conference this week. And one of the things that was really amazing, the thing they were talking about is that we're not trying to find everybody to sell to. We're trying to find the people that are shit for us and expose them to what we have, a solution to their problem. When you look at sales like that, it's not a sale. It's actually an excitement saying, oh my God, you have back problems? Well, guess what? I have this device that can actually cure, I mean, he's making this up, that can cure your bad problem. And it doesn't have to be that kind of way of us just basically saying us trying to shove something down someone's throat that doesn't need it. So I think that's the first thing that women have to understand and um, kind of break that traditional mold of what sales has always been a picture to us. That's another yeah. first thing. The uh, once you start real, like, you know, we storytell women, we talk to each other, we bond. If you approach sales exactly the same way you would any potential client, you'll never, ever go wrong. I'm all about selling naturally. That's what it is. Selling in the, the human aspect, selling through love. Uh, so I've told clients all the time, I go, that's my approach with marketing. I'm not this, you know, shove it down the throat. We're going to go slowly, but we're going to build this trust. So just like how you and I are having this conversation, we're not trying to sell anything to each other. We're having a conversation. We're building a relationship. We're building trust and love on the phone. And the same thing, it happens with potential clients as well. Yes, I love that. And um, in terms of networking too, because we've been attending the virtual networking sessions. And yes. I'm first in one of these days too, but um, it's the same thing with networking too. Like a lot of people, I mean, you'll be more successful if you go in there with the mindset of building relationships and yeah. Leave- Aside, I feel like there's a lot of judgments too at times in networking. Who can be, oh, like, you know, one person can totally just influence their whole experience with networking, right? Yep. No, absolutely. Networking is beautiful. Um, and this thing is that everyone will have their um, agenda for what they're networking for. Some people need to find more potential relationships. Um, others, like, I love going networking specifically because I like to meet people. I like to energize myself because I am an entrepreneur that I feed off of people's energy. So when I go and I meet a great set of people, um, my first agenda is to, you know, to, to buy. So uh, I, the last one that you had was really nice, the networking one you have where you put these questions. 
And you, these questions had nothing to do with us push, pushing a sale down anybody. It was just getting to know each other. And I think one of them was um, advice you would give somebody or, you know, questions like that. I, I like starting off like that because in that natural conversation where we're getting to know each other, then we start seeing, oh, I like that person. You know about, you know, what, what do they do? Oh my gosh, like that. I like, you know, I do have an agent. I like that person. But we would never have that opportunity if you didn't go into an environment to meet, you know, like a, more people in a, in a setting like that. So I think it's a very a good approach for especially female entrepreneurs to be involved in things like that. Yeah, no, this is great information. And I, I'm just so thankful and grateful for this. Um, we'll dig a little deeper in terms of what you do and your business. So uh, your business is all about digital marketing. So do you want to just kind of get into a little bit about what digital marketing is and how it can help someone and why do we need it? So digital marketing, it's funny, I came from print, as you know, like back in the day it was print, I transitioned in all aspects of marketing. Uh, what that gave me is a really great perspective um, for marketing on a whole for business success. Nowadays, everybody thinks digital marketing is social media, and that is not the case. It's not the case. That is a part of the whole picture. Um, and when I tell, uh, when I mentioned just now about um, as a business owner, we're not trying to to strive to do everything in the business because it it, it does take a lot. Mm -hmm. So digital marketing for okay, a small business owner is extremely important, even more so. I mean, I knew this before COVID, but I think the world now recognizes how important digital marketing is because you know you could. I could say, oh, if the, if the world shut down tomorrow, what are you doing? The world actually shut down for for the duration. And now people were like, how do we get in front of people? How do we let them know we're around? We can't go outside. And the thing is, society is not going back. We're not going back to the way it was. This is the way it is. So my, my dad, he opened a restaurant in COVID in 2020. Oh. Uh, he, he, yeah, but he's had restaurants in the past, right? But he got a great deal and he and, and I told, but my dad's old school, right? He's a he's a hustler. He's like that kind of person who like his customers come in and he gives them a free sample. And he talks to them. And he has this beautiful energy with the people. But I said to my dad, I go, Dad, that's wonderful. But you're only getting a certain percentage of people. You need to embrace the digital aspect. You need to embrace the um, delivery apps. You need to embrace social media and so forth. You know, technology where you can um, obtain email addresses. You know, email marketing. And it's very overwhelming to my dad. He's like, Oh my god, I get. How am I supposed to do that? I'm helping him with that, right? But when I get um, clients and they come to me and they go, okay, uh, I want to do social media. I'm like, wonderful. Okay, let me ask you some questions. When I start to ask them the questions, it didn't even need to start yet with social media. They first have to look at their website because their website is so clunky that even if they did social media, they would have no conversions. By the time that someone goes into their website, they're like, what the heck? I'm not giving that person my email. I'm not calling that person. So really what digital marketing is for businesses is, I, I mentioned to you about my pet peeve. I have a pet peeve in marketing, uh, in this industry. Yeah. Right now, everybody under the sun is popping up saying they are digital marketing experts. And I, I have a big problem with that as this. I hired an accountant. I'm really, I, I, okay, sorry, no, let me just step back. <laughs> I, uh, I, if, if my kids have a Band-Aid, right, and I stick to their wounds, right? Or if my friend gives me some... Uh, indications of sickness. I said, oh my God, I think you're pregnant. I'm not qualified. I'm not qualified to be a doctor. I'm sorry. I'm not a doctor. I can be involved in aspects with doctors are involved and very, very light. That doesn't claim to be. With, with digital marketing, people think if they're doing their personal uh, marketing, like, sorry, their personal account, that automatically makes them a digital marketer. And it's not even that because digital marketing is not only social media. So what happens with small businesses, so they get in touch with these people who make these promises and say, all these things can be done. Oh, yes, I can take your social media account and blow you up to 10,000 visitors. That sounds wrong right there. <laughs> but it doesn't matter if you have 10,000 followers. It does not matter because you really truly need to have conversions. And what does that look like? You could have a thousand people and do amazingly well and have a nice community. But we have a lot of I don't want to say imposter. We have a lot of people out there that is feeding these uh, small businesses with false information. So really, and I don't blame anyone. Because again, as I keep mentioning accountants, if my accountant told me, Marsha, X, Y, Z, I don't know better. So I'm going to believe everything he says. 
So it is hard for entrepreneurs to really be able to feed through the noise and figure out what is good for them. But for um, for my advice, that taking uh, making sure that you're going into places where you can educate yourself from proper experts, like a really truly understanding. Like I went um, when I launched the business, and I went and got all uh, certificates, certifications for social media. I didn't need to because I had no it, right? But I wanted to do that for my clientele. Say, listen. I'm going to go even board. I'm going to take classes. I'm going to get certified. I want you to know I'm the best thing in myself. Uh, so if you don't believe what I'm saying, go look at my LinkedIn, look at my history, look at my, credit, my credentials. I do that to make sure my clients understand them to my best interest. So businesses need to research more. I've done it so many times. People go and they say they're a social media expert. I go into the, that business's social media. They have no engagement. They ha- I don't care about followers. They have no engagement. They have no best practices. And I'm like, how are you doing that with businesses if you don't, you know, show a little bit of something? Exactly. No, I hear you. So it's just making sure that they do um, try to do more research uh, to understand. Now, I know uh, the masses, small businesses don't have huge budgets. So really what they need to look at is if they're going to focus on language of social media. And then the biggest thing is for them to remember that that's a tool to pour love out to the world. In doing so, in doing so, when you're pouring out love and not talking about ourselves, we're talking about the, them, all of a sudden people start really wanting to hear more and more what you have to say, as well as is that the less you talk about your direct services and you talk more about solutions and tips and expertise, people want to work with you. People want to find reasons to continue to connect. So mm-hmm. if you, if that's what they're going to do and the budgets are limited, I, I absolutely say that social media is an important part of showing the human side of your brand. Mm-hmm. And most most businesses are at some level able to do that, like, you know, post things. It's the easiest. Not every client is um, has the knowledge to fix their website. So they may need to hire someone, right? They may not have the knowledge of doing email marketing. So they may possibly having someone help them. Um, social media, I a thousand percent tell people when you get to that level, hire somebody and then focus on what you love, right? If you're a baker, you can't be taking pictures and you don't have all the time. You have to be baking. So put aside budget every time, like every time you make sales, put a percentage so that one day that you can hire, put ads out to get more customers so you can hire a team of people. One suggestion I tell every business owner to read, there's a book called E-Myth. I don't know if you've ever heard of that. You read it? No. So it's email. There's so many different ones, but there's ones for small businesses. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I think I talk to, I tell businesses all the time. What happens to entrepreneurs? They leave the nine to five job. They hate it. They hate their boss. They think, you know, I'm enslaved in this company. They shift over, they open a business and they become a slave to the business because they do not delegate. So th- this is the thing with marketing is that I'm an entrepreneur, I'm a marketer, and I delegate out to a team of people. I didn't start off that way. I didn't. I did everything myself. But my first priority was to grow my team so that I can do what I absolutely love. I love to teach. I love to teach marketing. That's one of my big passions is teaching. So for for businesses, they really have to focus on being realistic. Or, I mean, this is the big thing that women have a struggle with, is I tell them, get a grant or get a a loan. (laughs) Everybody, that's a scary word, loan. But it always, Chrissy, if I told you, you your your child needs to go to school, you need to get a loan for him. In a second, you will go get that loan. But for, but for us, we will never do that for ourselves. So women will never say, I need, I want to, this is my baby. I'm going to get a loan to actually do it correctly. Yeah. Very, very small percentage of women do that. Yeah, that's such a good point. I love that. And I love that you said that it's more than just the digital, like the more than... It's more than that. Like there's conversions, which I think like that is overlooked a lot because like you said earlier, there could be like a really great presence online, but are you actually converting? So there was a, we went to this conference and there was a Google expert there, right? And he was giving us an amazing, oh my God, like the stuff he was sharing was like, oh my God, if you, imagine this, if I tell you spend $3,000 a month and you'll make $10,000, that's a no brainer. The problem is, is that people don't understand in the beginning of marketing, you're spending more than you're getting. That's what happens. You're brand new. Eventually, if you're doing your marketing right, your marketing will never stop. You should be, always be spending money. But eventually, the, what you're spending, you should have a return. So it'd be tenfold, whatever you spent, a hundredfold, whatever you spent. 
Um, but it's, pe- people don't realize is that there is an equation. There is an equation for us to understand for marketing that we there is people out there that are looking to buy our product. And I was on a forum and this woman, it was so sad because she said she started her business, she developed a product, she did everything to make the quality, and now she's closing down. And she said, because she, uh, Facebook doesn't work, Google doesn't work. And I was like, I didn't, I wanted to say something to her, but I didn't, she's emotional. So I didn't want to jump in and make her feel, but not one part of what she was doing. Did she say that she's investing in her marketing? There's nothing that she said that I actually spent a thousand dollars on ads consistently to get better and better. And, or I looked for an expert to guide me how to do Facebook ads properly or how to do Google ads properly. Uh, a lot of businesses are always looking for the route, like social media, they think it creates too free. It doesn't at all. It does not. You have to do your organic and you have to, as as yucky as it sounds, people might drop off this call once I say this, you have to do ads. You have to, if you want to get seen in this market because it's saturated. Yeah. So like I'm doing, um, I launched this um, this hub and I'm doing, I have a networking event this weekend. But okay. I've been spending, yeah, I'm spending over, I've spent over a thousand dollars on ads in a couple of weeks because I need to get, it's brand new and I need to get people coming out. If I was just waiting for people, hey, Chrissy, can you tell that person or like friends, can you guys invite people? I would not have anybody coming. But I have like almost 50 people registered in two weeks because I spent money on ads, right? So it is very important to understand and have realistic expectations for your marketing. Yeah, it's really so like the, the the price of Facebook ads has gone up dramatically over the past like three years, right? And you know what the thing is? It's okay. So I don't know if and a lot of people will know this. Facebook's on a bidding system, right? So it's not that what you pay and I pay can be very, very different. I can be paying a way a lot cheaper than you're paying because I did all the back work. You could be increasing because you haven't been doing the best practices. And I could be still paying the same thing as I've been paying for three years. Because it's the same thing with Google. When we do what we're supposed to on the back end, that's what I mentioned about doing organic. When you do your organic posts really, really well, Facebook rewards you when you do your ads because it's very relevant. If you have a proper sales landing page, if you have the right keywords that match up to the ads that you're putting out, all these little nuances, a lot of people don't know that affect your ad spend. Yeah. So it's not that necessarily that it's going up. There is more people, so there's more competition. What that means is, is that there's more people competing for that. And if 10 people are doing it better than you are, you're going to spend a lot more than they are. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So much right now. I love it. It's so true. <laughs> Things that go into it. What I did, what I, what, I, what I do know, I haven't tried this out for myself yet, but I do plan on going into the ads. Um, you kind of have to have like three different ones and see which one works better. Like, do you Yeah, do it's, called, it's called A-B testing. Mm-hmm. And what it is, you are, you have to. So, so um this round of uh, campaigns that I did, I took three uh, images mm-hmm. and I'm testing it. I'm keeping the copy exactly the same. Mm-hmm. So you have to keep, so you have to, you can't change a whole bunch of things, but you, you have to test it out and go, oh, okay. I don't know those three ads, those three images. You know, image number two is, is going crazy. It's like people are just clicking on it. Wonderful. Okay. I'm going to take that one now and I'm going to compare it to another few. So it's like, marketing is consistently testing and testing and testing and testing forever you're testing to get better and better but again most small businesses who has the time to do that who has the time to sit there and analyze and oh my god you, you don't you don't come in right you do this for us <laughs> and and the thing is though is that say like a business is just starting off and they don't have the budget absolutely learn how to do it properly and then make money and then say okay once i start making money i'm going to hire someone to do it right that's what I tell people. I'm not trying uh, to tell them, oh, you have to hire somebody, but you're going to want to. Like, who yeah. wants to sit there? The analytics of Facebook, too boring. Like, I, I do what I have to. I have someone that does it too, right? But it's not interesting. It's not fun. You have to look there. You have to look at your cost per click. Yeah, like, these are not fun types of things that you want to do in your business, right? <laughs> so, yeah. who, you know, it's so it's really to, to figure it out on your own until you can actually have someone do it for you eventually. Yeah, and you bring up analytics is a huge part of the conversion process. Like to to know, like okay, how many people are going to your website? How many? Yes. Like that is the that is how you know how you're performing. A hundred percent. Like I tell people, they do. They go, um, oh, I do. Um, I do Facebook three times a week. 
and nothing's ever happened. And I'm like, did you look at the post that was doing well? No. Did you increase the posts that were doing well? Did you, did you mimic what was doing well? No. I'm like, so how do you decide to get better if you keep doing the same thing and you're not like getting rid of the stuff that's not working and putting more of the stuff that's actually working for you? Um, yeah. That's a real, that's a really big one. I think, you know, like um, measuring, taking an Excel sheet, pre-planning your content. And then at the end of the month saying, wow, I had a lot of engagement and I had a lot of people share this one. Um, you know, the videos that I did, they outperformed the static ads. So maybe I'll do more video. So that again, analyzing that is that's the way to get better. That's really what it is. Uh, I've come to that realization just recently. I'm like, damn, like only videos now. And the only time I post like static pictures or maybe like professional pictures, I've done it myself, but that's it. Like the rest, it just doesn't uh, get any traction anymore like it used to on Instagram. No, because the thing is with video, you're actually able to connect with the person like it's like, you know, okay, if you're dating, right, online, and you see someone's picture, and you're like, oh, okay, I wonder if he really looks like that. I wonder, you know, you're not going to just go on a date without interacting some aspect, right? So when you only put picture, bring a picture, no one really knows, does she really sound like that? Does she have a nice energy when she talks? Uh, do I feel her warm? You know, that's what video allows you to let people actually know, like, I actually want to go on a date with her. I actually want to, you know, I want to meet up. Like, so video is one of the best ways of doing that. It's the highest uh, tool that we can do to get engagement in our community. Trust, right? Then you yeah. factor in more than a, a, just a picture would. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, so true. Yeah. And it's it's interesting how all the platforms are kind of moving that way too. Just like. Oh, yeah. My, uh, most of my friends, like from when I was working at Yahoo and we dispersed, most of my friends went to Google, Facebook, uh, all these different, you know, now. All my friends are shifting over to TikTok. I went to an event uh, a couple weeks ago and everybody, I'm like, oh, you know, TikTok, TikTok, TikTok. I'm like, just all working in TikTok now. They're like, yeah, to me, I know what's happening because they know that's where it's going to be. It's the shift on that app. You know, in our career, we know where to go, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I can tell what's going to be blowing up and TikTok is it, going to blow up. And it, uh, it really is a great app to hop on for your business. So, uh, yeah. TikTok is, uh, I'm still trying to figure that one out. I did a random video like a couple of years ago, two years ago of like being with my hair. Like I was cutting my hair, my long hair, not short, but just a little bit. Right. Yeah. That was COVID and it was relevant. Like it's just everybody was cutting their own hair at the time. So it went viral. <laughs> random. But, but the thing is, that's the whole thing. You see, TikTok, you see, you did it naturally with no intent for any reason to get anybody to look at you. That's exactly what TikTok is about. If you go on there saying, Hi guys, my name is, you know, my name is Marsha and I run a digital marketing agency and I want to tell you why you need to be working with me. I'm a that. People would just be like, who the heck is this? Uh, that is not TikTok at all. That is not TikTok. TikTok is becoming amazing. Yeah, like TikTok, I've seen corporate brands doing that on TikTok and go, they're so stupid. Like they're putting these commercials, right? Where TikTok is about me saying, hey guys, if you're struggling right now, figure out the right platform to go to, here are the few tips. Let's, t- let's talk about your personas. Let's talk about this. And at the end of the day, you need to make sure and measure. You know, if you follow these tricks, DM me if you have any questions, but I hope good good luck and farewell. That's it. That is it. That's, that's sharing, sharing, sharing. And that's what TikTok's about. The minute you go pitchy, you're dead. And um, as crazy as this sounds, it it's not that um, people are, well, how do, when do you ask for a sale? There is times to ask for a sale. There is times and ways um, like ask us someone to DM you or click on the link to obtain uh, maybe an ebook or whatever. Those are conversions, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's not always a hard sale, but the the journey of a customer is not like every tool that we use is not going to be that hard close tool. Some mm-hmm. of the tools that we use are like relationship selling. Some of the tools are closing, but we have to figure out where if someone just met you today, they're not going to be ready to be closing. So you need to be able to capture them, capture their email and then relationship sell to them afterwards. Yeah, the emails are such a huge thing. And yeah. I know, probably know quite a bit on this too, right? About email marketing. I find, especially with Toronto professional women, I've been doing this for seven years. Wow. Email marketing has been the key to my success. <laughs> your return on your like $1 is 341%. That, that is the, that's the return rate. When doing properly, it is one of the highest um, tools in marketing for the highest like return you're going to get for your investment. 
Uh, yeah. Because you have, but also too, like it's not like just flipping an email. There is there are things you need to do it properly. But once yeah. you start doing it right, oh my god, it is a goldmine. And as well, that's your own. Like you own it. You don't have to pay anybody. Like you don't have to pay Facebook to do it. At your email, you could put it up. You have your database. You send it out. Other than you will hire someone if you did. But if you did it, it doesn't cost you a dime to communicate to your community off email. Yeah. So it is a very, very important step. It's very to- personal too when it comes yes. into box and they open it up, right? It's very yes. personal. And I think yeah. that works so well. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, but it has to be written right. Like it's all about the copy too. I'm learning about copy because, well, I just started this membership a few year, a few months ago. Yeah. Yeah. You know, selling. I I know I always knew I was good at selling, but being comfortable with it, I guess, because you do once in a while have to come out and say, "Hey, there's a VIP membership. It's available." But it's like, why am I having such a hard time doing that? <laughs> well, okay, I'll tell you this. Why do you think one of the reasons why I joined and became a VIP with you is because of the authentic energy I feel from you? And I told you that the other day, right? I don't. Yeah. Me personally, I um I've seen it all. I've seen it all, right? And I I really love to be around like minded people. And the the way the energy that I got from you was exactly that. I don't I don't feel like you're doing this with like we all need at the end of the day our business is here to make money to live so you can continue to do it. But I don't feel that energy that is your top priority in, in compromising your community. So in the sense of what you're talking about, you're selling, you are natural. You are natural, and I think that's. So why people will hop aboard and when the time is right for them, it's going to be because of who you are and what you represent. Yes. That's right? So, so. Um, I, I, I always say I'm an open book. <laughs> like I am a total open book and I'm very, um, I don't know if ethical is the right word, but yeah. Like, yeah. Like I just, if it doesn't, you know, I, I follow my gut. Yeah. <laughs> no, a hundred percent. So this is the thing. You need to realize you are a natural salesperson. And if we can take off that word sales, right? You are a people person that are looking to make, to have, give solutions to people. So in the process of that, you're providing something. You're a provider, right? Yeah. And if people, like, the thing is maybe that word, we should change it because I think that word sales have gotten, you know, people with their backup. But really what it is, we're providing solutions to people. And that's what you're doing. What's your community that you've developed if you've been providing solutions for many, many women, like the almost into what nine thousand women that you have in your community, you're yeah. providing a solution for them. Yeah. Right. And them choosing you is what basically what you've been doing every day for them. Yeah. yeah. So hey, no, that's so right. Um wanted to ask you another question about what you do. So in terms of digital marketing, when someone's just kind of getting started, what are like some of the problems they're gonna face? Like at the beginning, I guess maybe money would be the number one thing, right? Yeah, money is probably the biggest thing. That's so sad. I've seen such beautiful businesses. Like they're so amazing, but it's not. And the thing is, they think it's their product or service, and it's not. It's because they didn't have money to promote it. But that's probably the first challenge. I tell, uh, especially I tell females, um, Mm -hmm. especially this world now that we're at, fight to see if there's a grant. Like sort like their first step is to see because a lot of women there's a lot of grants out there for females, um, mm. especially even females are immigrants. Like there's a lot of things that are going out there. But yes, the first challenge is money. Mm. Um, the second, I think, like a lot of women try to do it part time, and mm. they say I've been doing this for five years and I've never seen anything come of it. And the problem is because they're doing it part time, yeah. and. They it, it, probably is they can't leave their full time jobs. They're not making. But the the thing is that again, it's not like your business is not a good business. Is that some most businesses need a full time effort for it to actually like springboard into what it needs to be, because or it'll be too slow. So whereas during a part time is taking them two years, it could have took them a year if they were doing it full time, maybe even faster. So that's what I see with people launching is they try to still um, because of budget make a source of income but run, like starting a business is you would know too how much effort it takes to do and how much time it takes to do this right and especially if you're a mom or a partner or you have elderly parents and people that are depending on you it isn't the easiest thing so mm-hmm. you have to like i think i'm not talking to female entrepreneurs right 
they have to prioritize themselves. Like this weekend, I went to the conference and people uh, people were asking, oh, Marsh, can you do this? Can you do that? I go, I have a conference this weekend. As much as I want to help everybody, I said, I'm doing this conference. It was the whole weekend. And it was all about me. And I sat there by myself. I actually met from people I know as well. But I sat there and let me absorb and fill. Um, so when people are starting their businesses, their expectations to the world is still there. But they have to remember if they want to succeed in what they're trying to do, they're going to have to start focusing a little bit more on them and their business. Um, so budget, the time. And then I think the other struggle is the knowledge, mm-hmm. the steps, right? For them to to know, okay, um, what do I start with first? Like, you know, what's the most important thing to start with, right? Um, people get confused with like just these little things. Of, should I incorporate or should I be a sole, pr- sole proprietor? Um, that could save them so much taxes if they know the right answer. Should I do a business plan compared to should I do a marketing plan? You know, like those are so many questions that most people don't know the answers, but it can affect them financially down the road, right? Um, so finding hubs, finding places that, that that they can get the right knowledge from experts. So I'm not talking about an, an influencer just saying, hey guys, I'm talking about real credible people Like, go to a chartered accountant and talk to them about what what are the best, you know, there's a lot of um, people who do like uh, those free consultation, like a half hour consultation. And there's lawyers who do that. But even groups that we're, it, we're at, like, um, you know, with the, the networking that I'm doing is I'm all about education. So I'm trying to bring like experts to come and give their time and give back and like teach us. Not like I hate going somewhere where I pay money or even if I go for free and they try to pitch me all day. I hate that. I hate it. Um, and they don't give me the answers, right? They don't give me any answers. They just tell me, well, if you want the answer, go to the back of the room and we'll give you a discount code. Like, I, I don't, I hate that. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I just want to, to, for people, I'm not saying you have to give everything, but you give them enough that they can say, okay, wow, that person knows what they're talking about. So finding right uh, people that can give you true, proper advice. And again, like lawyers give free consultations, accountants, again, they may give some free advice. And then there's groups, right? That uh, there's also business centers in your community that will give you information. So it's not that we don't have these uh, resources. It's that, again, we don't prioritize ourselves. We give ourselves time to find help. So I'd say those are the three things I think female entrepreneurs struggle in the beginning uh, to set them up for success. Yeah. I would say overall. Yeah. And just lawyers and uh like the legal stuff, that's a huge thing, right? <laughs> Getting that all. Yeah. Like contracts and things. After something happens that's humongous, because they're like, oh my God, I didn't have a contract or I didn't have a client thing. And, and then it's like, oh, darn it. It's a hard lit lesson. But if you could avoid it, right? Again, it doesn't hurt just to get, like, if, if a lawyer, if you talk to a lawyer, even if you spend a couple of hundred dollars for that advice, it's still worth it. It honestly is still worth what it could save you later on. Right. So that's, yeah, absolutely. That's right. So yeah, there's a lot going on in someone's head. Like when they're thinking about moving on to that entrepreneur journey and it's like, it's really tough. You got to basically, you got to take the plunge. Like really. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) You know, it's funny when I had my kids and my kids are big, right? So when I had my kids, and that was in the 90s, okay? I was dying to be able to work from home to stay with my kids at home. Mm-hmm. So I, I worked, i sorry, I was with my kids for a while. And then I went and had to get, I got a, a daycare. But I was searching, searching, searching. What can I do at home? There was nothing out there. There's so many scams that was out there to work from home. <laughs> now I look, I'm like, oh my God, this is the most amazing time in the world that people could actually do things for real to make money at home if they really wanted to. So as I said, again, it's not about a quick scheme and, or this like, it's, it's hard work. There's nothing easy about it, but there is true ways that you could actually make money from home, start a business from home, but just know you just have to put effort into it. You know, I, I just think it's an amazing time. Like I, man, I think about, oh God, if I was, you know, if I was just beginning now, where the hell would I be? You know, but yeah, yeah. Absolutely. It is what it is. Agree. And then the other thing too is like, take that plunge, and you start with this when you take the plunge and you start yeah. working the business, working yeah. hard. You could be working really hard, but you could be working hard in the wrong ways. Like, 
Absolutely. Yeah. Right. And that's, yeah, that's a big one. Like, okay, like you got to be properly set up. You got to be working on the right things. <laughs> no matter what, like I know, like any um, amazing entrepreneur, they always talk about our failures is where we learn, right? So it's not that we need our failures. We need them. But if we surround ourselves, like they say, be always be the dumbest person in the room because you will learn. We learn, right? So the, the more we bring ourselves around the right people, the more we can, you know, like we um, have that kind of energy around us, we will maybe have less failures if we could tap into those experiences, right? So I've heard things that like I'll talk to her, I'm like, oh, Marcia, make sure I'm like, oh, damn, I didn't even think about that. Thank you. Doesn't mean I'm not going to make mistakes in other aspects, but they might have saved me like some money or time with that mistake, right? So uh, being very particular about who you surround yourself with is important as well, because you could have these people who just want to keep you down or it's just sucking your time that you need to focus, right? So um, having a few really valued people that you really trust um, as your, you know, as your confidant or as your, as your business relationship is really important. I'm really big about having the right people around you. Absolutely. Networking is a big part of that. It's like, yes, absolutely. Yep. That's why as a business owner, we should always be networking, always getting out there and meeting new people because you just, that one person could change your life. There's this book called Your Net Worth is in Your Network. Yeah. Exactly. There's a book all about that. It's all about, um, again, your circle. Like some people say, people just go to university. The, the most valuable thing that they walk away with is their network of friends that they walk away with true. more so than their things. So it is absolutely true. Your network of people, the people you're surrounding yourself with can, can either make or break what you're trying to do for your future. Yes. Oh my God. I actually, I want to write a book about networking. <laughs> Amazing. Do it. A hundred percent. I can't use this. But your network is your network. So. <laughs> Flip it. Your network is your net worth. Yeah. yeah. Something like that. But like, that's what I want to do. It's on my list of things to do. <laughs> um, that's amazing. You about your networking event that's coming up? I didn't know. Yeah. So, um, so I'm just, it's called uh, basically Women um, Business Hub. And really what I'm trying to focus on is education. I'm looking at bringing lawyers and, and accountants and people to actually give true right advice so that uh, as I, like I feel sometimes I go places and I want to know an answer, you know, and I'd like to know it. And I don't mind, like, even if after the fact that if I believe in that person that's presenting, I, I, I might pay them after to give me that knowledge. But I want to vet proper people to bring to female entrepreneurs that they can trust and get knowledge from. So that's really what the, the thing is. So I'm doing a launch uh, in Hamilton. And the, the co-working factory. And so it'll be this Saturday on the 17th at 2.30. Okay. So, yeah. So that's really what it is. Like this, uh, I'm working on the team of people and the and the list of experts that I'm going to be bringing in the future. But this is the first one, the first event. That's exciting. So have you yeah. done on a networking event at all before this this one i've done i've done things in corporate lots of them in, in corporate um yeah. for and then i've done um when i was on trust I, I was in toronto and i had a co-working space so i used to do that with the co-working space i used to do networking events with them but it wasn't something that was ongoing and had an end goal it was like spot ones, right like speed networking or so but this one is something that i wanted to be a longevity of it and get better and better with better like people involved in it Yes, that's that's a goal of mine for Toronto Professional Women. I'd like to put something together like that, but I just been uh, my focus has been really on just bringing the women together, keeping it simple, keeping it like affordable, so we could do this like frequently, right? Yeah, absolutely, hundred percent. Listen, we have all of us are a piece of the big puzzle. That's a wonderful thing about it. I don't see one person can be everything. We just kind of have to fit together. And that's what I like. About, that's why people collaborate together. and We, we have friendships together. It's because we all contribute in a different way, right? So, yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for everything and just all your wisdom and all the tips and tricks that you've shared with us today. So, so valuable. Um, is there anything you wanted to share just as closing um like maybe the biggest lesson that you've learned that you want everybody to walk away with today i think the biggest lesson is to know if you want to grow 
obtain finances. That's a big one. And um, to also, you know, uh, invest in yourself. That's a big one. Like giving yourself time and not feeling guilty about it. I think mm-hmm. that's a big, big one. And delegating. Knowing that we can't, we should not have to do everything. Um, it may take time to find the right partners. But, you know, understand that one of the goals should be, I don't, I don't want to do that forever and finding the right partnerships. Yes. Oh my gosh. That's so key. I love it. Well, thank you so much. And how do we, how do we get in touch with you? If someone's watching today, what's the best? Yeah. So on Instagram, um, it's social S O C I A L M D, which is Emma's and Mary Diaz and David team. Um, and I do, I share so much tips there and I do free marketing my day once a month. So I do like topics like reels and tips and, you know, Facebook ads and different things like that. I do once a month. Awesome. Uh, so that's a great place. And then if anybody had questions and wanted to email me, uh, it's Marsha, M-A-R-C-I-A at socialmd.ca. Perfect. Awesome. That's amazing. And I just remembered to have a baby shower on Saturday, so I won't be able to make your Oh, no worries. I'm going to be doing it like throughout. So you're going to do more? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. One of your Mondays. That sounds exciting. Oh, for sure. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, always up for learning. Well, thank you so much. No problem. Anybody watching wants to get in touch with Mar- Marcia, um, please do reach out to her. And um, I hope you all have a great rest of your day. Thank you and, so much. And, wait, and Christina, I just wanted to say kudos to you. Thank you for doing this. This is a wonderful community and you're doing a great job. So uh, thank you so much. <laughs> Absolute pleasure to have you here and share your expertise with the group. Oh, wonderful. Thank all right. You. Enjoy the rest of your day. Take care. All right. Bye for now. Bye. Thanks for tuning in. If you'd like to join the ranks of inspiring women making waves on this series or learn more about becoming a VIP member with us, head over to torontoprofessionalwomen.com and get ready to take your career journey up a notch.